The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for participating with From Good to Amazing. We love having you as part of our our audience and all the things that you do to support us. Today, our guest is Ganella Norris, and she is an author of over 20 books. She is an amazing, contemplative, spiritual being who is bringing a lot of her teachings to the world. Ganella, thank you for being with us today. I'm delighted that you're on the show. Oh, thank you, Temple. And it's a great privilege to be chatting with you and having that community, the radio community, listening in and joining us. It's wonderful. Well, obviously, from reading about you, you have always been a person that you wanted to be a difference maker in the world, and you started out over 30 years ago uh, working with individuals as a psychotherapist. In that, in that walk of your life, um, was that part of the process what brought you into saying, I want to do more or I want to become a writer? No, I actually started writing before I became a psychotherapist. Um, as I, I think is in my little bio there, I was born in Argentina and just as the war broke out and spent um, some time in Sweden. And so I learned Spanish first and then English. And then I came to the United States at the age of nine with a third language to learn. And so there was this feeling that I needed to be able to be understood. And that's the beginning of being a psychotherapist, listening to people and hearing them. And so the longing in my own life was to be understood. And I started to make books and write and try to communicate and hope that I would be understood. Then later, um, because I had a wonderful grandmother who was a storyteller, I felt moved to write children's books, so I wrote 11 of them. 11 were published. And uh, as a result of that, I became an artist in the schools and um, ran workshops and things like that for teachers in their, uh, you know, the, the, the days that they got extra help for their classes, and sometimes I would go into the classroom. And there I learned from them and the, um, that I was actually doing a kind of psychotherapy. So I decided, well, all right, I better really get the credential, and that's how it started. Well, I, I think it's so impressive because I, I know that a number of people that listen to our show, a lot of them are author wannabes, you know, and, and that's um, such a 
a trendy thing now, you know, is that people want to put their legacy on pages, you know, pen to paper as to speak. And I just think, you know, how profound, you know, that many years ago that you decided, well, I think I, you know, I'll write this book. (laughs) I wrote 11, you said, you know, like, (laughs) that's so impressive. So I'm, it's, it's a huge compliment to you for your ability to write the, the children's books in so much of an area that we want to focus on of being understood is with is with kids. Is that part of the focus when you were writing uh, with the books? Was it uh, well, intentional so the had... kids could read the stories to um, have a greater sense of their esteem and their confidence? Well, a lot of the children's books at that time had a psychological theme and brought out issues the kids have and stories and uh, <clears throat> So it was a time also in publishing at that time that was bringing more consciousness to the lives of kids. So uh, after all those books, I had to go to work. So I was learning to be a psychotherapist after that, and my focus went into writing books for adults after that. What has been one of the defining moments of your life that has um, kind of set the stage for who you are as a person on your spiritual journey? Well, when I was a young married woman, my uh, then husband was at Union Seminary in New York, and I was listening, all the, the wives of these men who were studying to be in the ministry, had a lecture by Mrs. Robert McAfee Brown, who's the wife of a wonderful uh, Robert McAfee Brown, who's a theologian of, well, a good repute. And um, she was talking about how she lived her prayer life. And she said that when she made the kids' beds, she would get on her knees and pray for that kid and bring her whole heartfelt feeling around the hopes and longings for that child. And for some reason, the connection between a household act and prayer life went ding, you know, how you could just feel that that's the truth. That's a way to go. And that's when my books on spirituality and everyday began long before I wrote them, but began as a way to hook my spiritual life with my everyday life. I love Um, that. And as a matter of fact, um, Danila, it's just that you were an idea way ahead of its time because that's, that's exactly what people long for and crave now. Tich Nhat Hanh um, would say that it's how to have that place of mindfulness even while you're washing the dishes, that rather than seeing it as a chore, like, why do I have to do this? Or I get so tired of being the appointed one, you know, to wash the dishes. But that I become so present in washing the dishes that I have an experience. And I love your philosophy around that. And I really feel that's um, a centeredness towards someone having a more amazing life is because you're exactly right. So many people will look at task or 
things that they have to do, the habitual movement of the day. Um, I have, uh, for example, a pet now that, you know, she's in diapers. And, you know, somebody was asking me, you know, the other day, because I have like senior citizens with dogs. I have four aging animals kind of all at the same time. And one's (laughs) blind. It's blind, you know, so someone was saying, do you still do the ritual where you get up real, real early in the morning, you sit in silence, you do that, and you do that, and I go, no, not right now. In this season, what I do is I get up and I, I tend to the to the animals that I love, and through tending to them, there's humility, um, there's the connection and the vulnerability of life, and I do those things and have prayers around that, and then... It becomes another time for me. So I'm just, I love what you're saying because I think it's a missing in so many people's lives because of the way they label things. You know, this is work. This is only work and I have to be at work and I'm always working. Or this is, you know, pleasure or this is fun or this is a hassle. And what they don't understand in the contemplative spirit or a spirit with intention, what they don't understand is as you have energy behind the label of something, it takes away from having the deep-rooted pleasure of it. Well, that's certainly true. You know, I I had a real resentment for dishwashing, and uh, I figured out that I've actually spent about four and a half years total washing dishes in my life. If you add it up all the time, oh my word. four and a half years of your life, and you can make that a different thing rather than a time of resentment and get it through, get through it, and and go as fast as you can. It's a moment that can be transformed if you're really there, and um, so that woke me up. Four and a half years is a lot of time in your life, and all of us have this daily round where we're doing the same thing, taking the kids to school or laundering or doing anything. It's our life, and it's how we do it that makes a huge difference in how we feel as human beings. We can turn this whole task into a sacred task. And the atmosphere with which we do things, and I'm not saying that I'm really good at this, that's something I'm working on all the time. But when I manage to bring my whole self to it, the day floats in a different way. And I can feel more connected to, for instance, in the dishwashing thing, I can feel connected to people who don't have any water and start to feel really grateful for it and be more careful of how I use water, because that's going to be a shortage in in the future. And so bringing that sort of consciousness to what you put on the table, how you tend your house, all those things transform you, just like you taking care of your dog. So it's, you're being transformed by the love you give them. And it's so therapeutic in nature. You know, it's so therapeutic, whether you're washing dishes or washing your automobile or tending to your lawn or making a meal for your loved one or whatever it is. It's the 
I think the gist of the teaching that that you're offering us is that it can be a place of of calm. It can be a a reflective time. It can be um, a kind of a time that you give yourself uh, that no one else can take because you're the one that's being chosen, you know, at the moment to do it. I know for me that I used to. Um, I used to label like, okay, when I'm at church, I'm, you know, I'm Reverend Temple. You know, when I'm on the radio show, I'm radio host Temple Hayes. And when I'm over here, I'm doing this. And when I'm at home, I'm fulfilling this role. You know, we learned a lot about time management and, you know, all this kind of planning and stuff like that with the roles, the R-O-L-E, the role that you're playing in life. And it wasn't like I was being a chameleon and I wasn't being true. But one day I just said, wherever I am, I'm simply being temple, you know, so whatever that is. And and just, just that um, declaration, there was such a, a decrease of any kind of stress that I might imply or put onto any from one experience to the other, you know. Um, yep. I was just carrying this way of being uh, with myself, Um throughout the whole thing and it just it's like you were talking about being home because <laughs> when yeah. you're comfortable with yourself um there's not always a lot of planning that has to go in behind it you just simply show up as who you are authentically of the six books that you've written for adults um is there one of those that really you go, oh my gosh, if I was going to be remembered for one of these, it would be this one? I think that's Being Home, my first one. It got so many wonderful reviews, and people have keep writing me about it. And it's really a, a book of meditations. It's a book of hours, taking just all the different tasks as prayer. And uh, it was sort of the one of the early books in this whole consciousness raising time that um, that came out when meditation, mindfulness, all that became uh, something that the culture needed and wanted. So I was happy about that book. And uh, recently, as I said, Simple Ways is uh, a book about just objects and Um, It has four sections. It's about your body, how to reverence your body, your 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 objects that you use, and your relationships. So, and with each one, there's a little meditation and a a teaching. And one of the things that I really enjoy doing is to see the symbolic um, meaning behind very ordinary things like a clothespin. This book, when it comes out in Germany, it's going to be called The Wisdom of the Clothespin instead of Simple Ways. Oh, how fun. And I'd love to, <laughs> I'm going to tell you uh, about uh, a little exercise that, you know, if you really look at the old-fashioned clothespins, the ones that have that little wire inside, mm-hmm. and they, it's a tension in there. It clips together because of the tension. And all of us have our have-tos and our want-tos, and they don't often um, come together. But if you really bring them together, something 
new happens. A third thing happens. And you have to be able to bear the tension. A lot of people don't want to do that. They ping-pong back and forth. I'll do this now and then that now. And they won't hold it. But in, it's in that patient holding that a transformation, something third happens, which is the solution or the transformation that you're actually longing for. So in this book, you know, it tells about that. And very it's very powerful. It's something like that, you know. It's very simple. It's just a clothespin. But looking at it really deeply, you see more. Well, that sounds like a great prop to use in a Sunday talk also is what I'm thinking. (laughs) That's some good material, I'm telling you. Um, You're listening today to an interview with Ganilla Norris. She is the author of about 20 books. And you can go to her website at ganillanorris.com. That's G-U-N-I-L-L-A norris.com. I want to thank all of you for continuing to follow us on Unity Online Radio, the voice of the awakening world. We appreciate your continuing donations that allow us to serve so many countries throughout the world and appreciate you letting other people know about our various shows that we offer. If you'd like to know more about our campus, Unity Campus, you can go to unitycampus.org or you can go to my own website, templehays.org. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Ganella will be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin on Healthy Living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it, that you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? 
Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And here we are, everyone. We're kind of left with this idea of talking about the inertia of their energy with a clothespin. We're talking with Ganella Norris, and she was giving us this pondering idea about the difference between have to and and want to. I would like to say also, just in my own life along the way, I noticed such a big difference, uh, Ganella, when I actually asked someone to, my partner, to coach me. Like, when you hear me say, well, I have to go and do this, 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 and this, I would say, would you please catch me in that? Because I don't want to say that. It's I choose or I I want to. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit about your thinking in that that regard as well. Well, when I um, mentioned the have to, some of that is about passion. Not just, you know, you have to pay the bills and drive the kids and all that stuff. I'm talking about passion, where something brings you to, um, to have the courage to really stand behind your longing. And the real adventures in life is when you listen to that passion. If you're only doing it for fun... It's not enough. If you're only doing it out of obligation, that's not the right mood. It's when you really bring your heart to something that calls you. And it can be a very small thing or it can be a large thing. Passions don't have to be, you know, world-changing. They can be just that I really need to sing or I... I want to put some paint on paper, or I want to learn another language. There's a, there's a longing in there for something larger. If you have to learn a language because it's part of your business and you feel obliged, it's not going to change you. You're just going to tread the old treadmill. And if you want to do something, and it can be pleasurable, but it doesn't transform you. It's when those two things are together held by that tension, that's, I use the clothespin as my image for that, when those two things are held together, you become disciplined and you become joyful and you go for that heartfelt thing. So it's a very deep little icon that for me, that clothespin. Oh, it is. And can you just explain that again? Because that was so profound. 
when you're looking at the way a clothespin works, it's the tension between on the clothespin. Yeah, you know, there's different kinds of clothespins, but the one I'm thinking of, there's a coil of wire that holds the two wooden pieces together. Yes. And so that coil is like a spring. And for for most people, they can't bear to hold attention. They want their results immediately. So they can be addicted to things just to have pleasure or to get through something. But it's, uh, they aren't willing to spend the time to hold what is precious to them. But it's in that holding that the transformation is like an al- almost an alchemical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to tell people, all right, on one little piece of paper, write what you really want to do, and on another piece of paper, what you have to do, you think, in life. Oh, I have to do all of this other stuff so I can't do what <laughs> I want to do. And you put those two pieces together in a clothespin and hang it somewhere where you see it every day. After a while, if you really stick with it, you'll see that you have changed, but not because you you know, set out with step one, step two, step three, but because you held attention. That's transformation. Mm. It's totally profound. And, um, you know, and there's nothing wrong with with uh, just wanting stuff. But, you know, when you have a heart wanting, and I want to tell every person that if you can spend just 10 minutes a day at your best, best time when you have the most energy doing what you truly, truly like, whether it's going for a little walk or uh, writing a poem or coming up with a new recipe or dreaming a big dream. But if you spend your just 10 minutes, your spirit gives you so much energy that you can do all the have-tos in the world after that. But if you skip really letting your soul have that, then you get that feeling of drudge and you say, oh, I'll do it at the end of the day. There's no energy at the end of the day. You have to give yourself that moment to let your heart sing. That's so true. That's so true. Did I'm reading some of your endorsements as well. Did you actually know um, Rabbi Harold Kushner? No. These My editor sent my book to these people, and they responded so warmly and so uh, amazingly. The only person that I did know was uh, David Stendhal Rast, who most recently was with the Dalai Lama when he was here on the East Coast in a dialogue with him, and he's a wonderful, very deep person. And so I was, you know, I was astounded at the reception of this book. I would say, I'm going to read a couple of them because I would I would like our um, our audience to know a couple of things that were said. And it, again, this is all on um, GanellaNorris.com, her website. Uh, Rabbi Harold Kusner uh, stated, Just when I had about given up, along comes Ganella Norris to reaffirm the possibility of writing prayers about real life in today's world. 
The other one is, well, there's a number of them, but I'm just going to read the two. Bishop Desmond Tutu said, remove your shoes, (laughs) for this is holy ground. I was almost breathless with wonder at the beauty of Ganilla Norris's words, so simple and yet so profound, striking home gently because they are so true, so authentic. Well, what it is so apparent is, and Gail Straub, um, I actually uh, met her at Omega Institute. Yes. Um, she really uh, is a big She's a supporter. dear, dear friend of mine. She's a strong supporter of your of your work as well. Just the yeah. really um, dynamic, and again, what we talk about, and what we talk about in the unity movement, and in the new thought movement of being positive in the world, is that people are longing for practical application. You know, it's one thing to stand in front of a group and just say, you know, God loves you, and you are a spiritual being, and, you know, just quoting people all day long. It's another thing to say, here's how it can show up in your life. If this, if you do A, then your results will be B, and you can use these ideas at your work or in your family life or at home, and and you can have those great benefits like more energy in your body, more balance, uh, letting go of that saboteur that you may carry throughout the day um i mean i see that frequently and often as a teacher and a speaker well of course you do because make my work better help make my life better you know don't talk in theory help me understand today when i go home how i can hold it in in a different way so thank you for the work that you're doing ganella thank you uh, I think that key to all this is learning how to be silent and listening. And that is one of the hardest things for people. Once they can do it even a little, because they have to listen to their own hearts, they have to listen to their their families, their children, their friends, their bosses, if they really listen, not with yeah, 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 but with presence, Things change, not by force, but by atmosphere, by respect, by uh, a kind of sweetness. Of course, we have to also tell the truth when things are, you know, rough and we aren't listening and aren't uh, present. But if people could really learn, anyone could learn to be still, and it takes a long time to get to that um, because there's so many habits you know the body's restless we're in our culture we want things to go very very fast and to be stimulated all the time and we get addicted to things like sugar and coffee and that speeds up our nervous system so we want to keep keep on a roll and we don't get to hear that sweet deep longing that is at the heart and we each came in with something to do each one of us has something that is precious to give big or small we have it and we have to be still enough to really hear what it is and then to give it life to give it moments in our day to actually nurture that it's like a little tiny plant sometimes to nurture it until it gets roots and we can actually 
grow into who we were meant to be. Well, one of the things that um, with your your first book, Being Home, and what we know to be true, either my work as a minister, your long-term work as a psychotherapist, is that the greatest healer is being heard or being validated. And That's right. I mean, I, I certainly know that on a personal level. You know, when you've had a simple thing wrong with you on a physical dimension and you keep wanting to explain it to somebody and they don't seem to understand what you're trying to say, when you meet that chiropractor or that one person that says, oh, I know, it's exactly blah, 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 and you go, I've told that to 20 people and they acted like I was just insane. And it's soon as you get heard, it is profound, the ailment, the issue, the challenge. It dissipates within those seconds because you feel validated. That's right. That's right. It's a, it's a little miracle. And each one of us can give those kinds of miracles to each other if we just learn to pause enough to uh, not feel that we have to... Uh, be the ones that speak, and if we can learn how to speak and hear, speak and hear, then those little miracles happen, and people become validated, and then they grow stronger. It's just a lovely, lovely thing to see. So it's it's actually it's in a, in addition to what you're saying, it's the ability to hold sacred space, exactly, and and just to create a space that. You listen. I know that when we do like the chaplain training, and we we're going through a process with them, and you know, some of them are so surprised. They're like, "Oh, you mean you know? I thought I would get to be able to advise people, and I thought I would be able to do this." And you know, I I always gladly remind them the most profound thing you can do is just to hear somebody and hear what their issues are and hear what their challenges are to give them the space because odds are you're one of the very few people that are doing that for that particular person. Most people start talking and fixing and correcting, having the answer, uh, you know, going on and on and on about how how to help and how to fix rather than how to be. Well, I think it's because we don't at a deep level know that our presence makes a difference Mm -hmm. and that just sheer presence makes a difference we feel like we have to add to it and um, that takes a while to understand and it may take a whole lifetime to understand but when you do it even a little bit it's so you know people shine when they get heard and as you said very well it's holding sacred space and it doesn't have to be a lot of advice. It's just, it's just being there for you. Well, as a uh, psychotherapist, Ganella, what are what are some of the core things that you that you find today in interacting with um, some of the people that you work with? Well, I seem to be working with people who work with people. That's the way my practice has developed. So I'm sort of a psychotherapist for psychotherapists and doctors and people like help people in the helping profession a lot and the issue is uh, fatigue not being able to stop being overgiving that's one of the issues uh, I find often 
people don't know how to rest and um, also how to how to take care of, of the whole being so that there, when there's a component of the body, component of the spirit, component of just your communication and your relationships, and there needs to be some kind of balance in all that. And we get kind of one-sided if we're in the helping professions often, that it's give, 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 collapse. And, and also parents get to be like that, you know, give, 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 and then, you know, the other side flips up and then there's anger and there's um, resentment because you haven't lived your whole, your needs. So I see a lot of that in my practice. I also see that people have a huge spiritual longing. They want to have little spiritual communities, little prayer pods or um, places where they can feel safe with a few people and really go deeply. I see that, too, quite a bit. Well, that's a, a good um, blessing for, you know, our unity movement because that's exactly what we offer. Yeah. You know, upliftment and connection and not saying that we have all your answers in life, but we're here to support you and hold a space in which we can know that the God through you, that you can develop, can de- develop your own. I'm talking today with Ganella Norris, and she is the author of close to 20 books, including 11 children's books, uh, a book on poetry, and six books on spirituality. I would urge you to go to her website, GanellaNorris.com, and to explore the richness of all the various things that her work has to offer. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're a part of our show from Good to Amazing, and we will be right back after this short break. If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. 
Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you, everyone, for participating with myself and Ganilla Norris today. Um, again, to remind you to go to Ganilla Norris, that's G-U-N-I-L-L-A, Norris, author of 20 books. Ganilla, what else is going on in your career? It seems like you just um, you know, go, write a book as often as some of us create a new dish to take to Thanksgiving. <laughs> what, um, well, what are you up to? Well, I have... Uh, as, as I may have mentioned, I I have this body of work that I've walked al- around the um, theme of spirituality in the everyday, and I wanted to look at it through the garden, through the house, through bread making, through meditation, and I have two more books coming out, and that finishes this whole theme for me. And one is coming out next year and is called Sheltered in the Heart, the Spirituality of Deep Friendship. I have felt so strongly that friends are like a door into a world uh, that you share together and that enables, if you're deep friends, that enables you to, to to be empowered to do what you were meant to do in life, having a uh, a soul friend is so precious. So that book is coming out in time for the holidays next year. And then the year after, a book called Match, and uh, it's the central image is a match box, and it's about bringing your heart and your will together in a spiritual practice that involves lighting a match. And uh, the whole image there is... Uh, uh, the image of fire and how we need to to burn with our passion and give that light. So that's going to come out in 2014. And then I think I've done this everyday spirituality from every angle that I could think of. And that makes me happy. It's my life's work. Oh, yeah. I can, I can see where it would. And I love the common thread with... All of your books. I love the one that you've written about becoming bread. Um, and there's something so powerful about that metaphor. And oh, it is. And it's unbelievable. I've made bread, you know, since uh, my kids were growing up as teenagers. They would inhale a loaf of bread, you know, after coming home from school. And I just love that organic feeling of being involved, my whole body being involved with this mysterious alchemical process of the dough rising and being shaped and then having to go in the oven. And each one of us in our life, in order to take a shape, goes into an oven of some kind to really um, become ourselves. Our challenges are like that oven, you know, the heat's on and we become nourishment as a result, because we have suffered creatively. 
Well, for those of you that also love practical application and and love uh, these various types of insights, you can go to Facebook and like Ganilla Norris and and be part of her her fan group, so you can always get these kind of insights from her, which is you know really really powerful. Did you want to share um, anything from one of your books with us, or uh, well, what I would. But I, I, it's a little bit longer than perhaps, but I just love this little story about a bulldog. I wrote a book called Journeying in Place, uh, and I lived in a farmhouse. And um, there was this adorable bulldog, ancient bulldog, that would waddle into my driveway and just plunk himself in front of me and say, Oh, love me. And he'd turn over and he'd wiggle and he'd, he was just so unabashedly himself. And so I, I wrote a piece about how, and it's probably too long to read, but, uh, so I'm gonna read a little piece. I study Putnam and try to unlearn my embarrassment. Someone told me once that embarrassment was misplaced radiance. What is rightly placed radiance, it must have something to do with the glowing care, ease of being what one is and feeling the endorsement of belonging to life itself. So this little dog was so, I called him the pleasure pig because he was completely there. And if you ignored him, it didn't bother him. And if I could learn that, that if I'm ignored or not taken into heart, I could waddle away, just like Putnam, and take my ease. He, he had such a presence. So in that book, Journeying in Place, it's all about where I lived at the time and the animals and the nature around me. And, and Putnam was a delicious character in that setting. It's such a great teaching. Uh, you know, there's... There's no doubt about it. I tell people all the time that my blind dog can see more than most people or animals I've ever met in my life. Um, (laughs) I just learned so much. She's like, you know, such such a great teacher. Right. And the love exchange between you and your pet, there's no devotion. I mean, the devotion is so Deep, you know, it is. It is. Great. It is so. It's so powerful. I love um, uh, the way that you um, say in reference to prayer. When you say sometimes saying prayers keeps us from being prayers. That is so right. powerful. I'm going to use that. I'm going to be quoting you. That's what I know. Sometimes <laughs> saying prayers keep us from being prayers. Words come then not in response to life but in substitution for life. We think the map is the territory and we are untouched by the smells and wonders of actually living. For me, the orientation that I want to embrace more and more is toward receiving my life, toward a continual intention to make room for mystery's way within me. It's so shocking to me um, how much alike we are in so many ways. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can go deeply into ourselves, you say. But life-seeking itself can go deeply in us. 
Wow. I'm going to say that again. I don't think we can go deeply into ourselves, but life seeking itself can go deeply in us. We can be infused, loved, and fathomed by it. And when we are, we cannot help but sing out our joy. Wow. That's it. That's powerful. That's so well, very powerful. The deepest part. Because you were so right. And sometimes saying a prayer becomes our greatest distraction. With That's right. Being present, really receiving your... I mean, it's so precious to be alive. Mm-hmm. And I... I love the work in my psychotherapy that for people to realize how precious they are. There's nobody like them. How unique and how they can make a, a difference by accepting all of themselves and realizing how unique and precious they actually they actually are. A lot of people don't believe that, you know. Mm-hmm. We've learned not to believe that. Because we've been criticized or uh, told so many other things, but once a person knows that they there's there's no one like them, and they have a task to serve life itself, then uh, then you're on to something, and you can start living your passion more. It's almost it's. <sighs> It's like any time we talk about spirituality, it's not always easy to find the words, you know, because when we use certain words, then it just doesn't sound quite right. But it's almost like an obligation or a duty to be who you are, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. It is such a, it's an imperative, uh, essential ingredient uh, for the world, uh, to be who you are and and when you're not or unwilling or you want to model being like yet one more person or one more author or one more famous person <laughs> we we take away from the who we are and it, the richness and the purity of that we really that's do that's right so well put temple you should be writing books <laughs> well, I'm not starting. I'm, I'm on my start. I have written one um, small book about the issues of the disrespect for life on our planet, and I have yeah. a seven-week program to go with that. It's Sacred Activism, and I've written another book, How to Speak Unity, but I'm working on probably the, bur- the book I was born to do, um, and it, it's titled, uh, When Did You Die?, and mm. it talks about the elements of what we're talking about right now, yeah. you know, right. our ability to to be fully actualized, to look at psychologically how we how we die a little, hold back a little. Um, we're so obsessed in our society with the fact of, am I really going to die like a real physical death? Um, you know, in that way that we forget about the little dying that we do, just a little here and there throughout the course of our lifetime. All the and, time, uh, we have all the time. new new limits and losses, and and uh, we can mourn that a lot, or we can see that a space has grown where there wasn't. That yeah. some kind of room is made in us when we accept the limitation or the loss, and and that's a mystery. It's uh, it's got to be lived. You can't talk about it. You have to live it. Um, and as you say, we're dying every day a little bit, and that's the way it is. 
change, 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 change. And you can't hold on to anything, but you can keep receiving and giving back, receiving, giving back. And then it's a flow more than a loss. Absolutely. Uh, It's a flow more than a loss. And when we integrate it within us versus resisting it from that power of acceptance and from understanding that when we go through challenge, it develops more of us on the other side versus versus being in a society that's always saying we'll be tired, you know, we're barely going to make it through it, or whatever all the other verbiage that's used. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a way of zapping our energy versus um, energizing us because through any walk and window, like you're talking about, and of course, you know, you and I are talking to the choir, but yes. in, in, that, in that space, um, what happens as a person ages uh, they become lighter and have more energy, not less, because there's such a defined uh, reality and distinction between aging and getting older or being old. And there's yes. such a, a big category, you know, in That's all of right. those in all of those things. Well, I can only imagine that our that our audience is um, feels changed by you because I know I do, and um, and no, I don't say that every time I have someone on the show. It's been a pleasure, uh, a personal pleasure of mine of being able to get to know you. Uh, Ganella, and I'm just knowing that this won't be the last time that our our circles of life will will meet, and I I welcome uh, meeting you on the path again in some way. I'm Temple. Oh, I hope that happens, Temple. It's been <laughs> such a blessing to be talking with you. Yes, and me and me to you as well. And I just want to reiterate to everyone about. Uh, Ganella Norris, uh, going to her website and uh, learning more about her, uh, getting a book. You can order it online or more than one book. You can order it from her website. And it's been a, a great pleasure. So, Ganella, thank you for being with us and everyone else. We appreciate you and have a tremendous week. Thank you so much for being part of From Good to Amazing and continuing to uh, be involved with Unity Online Radio. God bless you, everyone, on this journey we call life. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries Online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. 
Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karin Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for their popular book, The delightful mother-daughter duo, Victoria and Adair Moran, will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts. 